Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. In episode seven of the NFL Vent Zone, we discuss underdog giants, Roger Goodell's overseas promises, Ollie proves why Carl Shanahan is not a genius, and much, much more. So get involved to get it off your chest. Let's go. Body and welcome into the NFL Vent Zone, presented by Sport Tank. Ollie Ong and Chris Tebbett here, ready to help you through the trials and tribulations that come with supporting a team in the National Football League. Tebs, how are we? Oh, I'm doing well. Very <coughs> hungover, but we, that's not anything to do with this show or any other show. But that's just that's just how my life's good. Am I hungover on a Thursday? Yes. Am I allowed to be? Yes, because I'm a student. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not just a retrobate, a degenerate, but I'm here ready to talk about the NFL. Um, nothing wrong life. with being drunk. There's nothing wrong with being hungover on a Thursday, no matter where oh, you are. <laughs> true. If only my parents thought there's no answer to joke. Um, I don't drink according to my parents, so fuck do they know? Um, so yeah, I'm having a great time. Ready to talk about the NFL. Ready to get some things off my chest, especially that damn Roger Goodell making promises. I don't think he's going to keep. All in good time. All in good time, my friend. Yeah. Uh, we are here to talk about the NFL, and uh, I think the only thing that I'm really genuinely confident about after six weeks of the NFL is that I really don't know how many good teams there are. It seems that there's there's some of the, the obvious ones at the top, but other than that, it's just a weird kind of mix of teams that keep losing. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely got off to a weird start. And it's one of those things, there are, there's so many strange teams that are doing well, doing poorly, but then you've got disgusting Philadelphia Eagles who are still doing Eagles things, which I don't like, and being undefeated. Do you have, do you have any idea how rude it is? It's the 50th anniversary of the Dolphins' undefeated season and the Eagles are out here trying to fucking ruin it. Um, they're ruining it. I hate them. 
Hate the Eagles. Um, let's keep going. Yeah, the, uh, the venting has started. Now, before you no. go too far down the route of venting, could you just explain to the listeners what the vent zone is and how we are here to help? So, obviously, what the, what the vent zone is, it's your opportunity to get some things off your chest so you don't have to annoy your significant other who doesn't care about the, the about American football. They call it hand egg. And every time they call it hand egg, your brain shuts down. You're like, I'm going to be sick. Please don't ever call it hand egg again. And to get away from that conversation of people calling it hand egg, you don't have to talk about football with them because you can talk about it with us. If there's something bothering you in the NFL, talk to us, get it off your chest, be free, and don't interact with people who call it hand egg. Too right. We're here for you, NFL fans. We understand uh, the pains that do come with supporting a team because they really do like to shoot themselves in the foot more than we would like. Um, so I'm going to kick us off this week because I this this uh, podcast was just designed perfectly for this moment. I mean, again, we did actually talk about this last week, so I, I'm going to make a rule that uh, from moving on for the next two weeks, at least, I will not talk about the 49ers, but Today, I'm going to talk about the 49ers because I want to shatter an illusion. And that illusion is that uh, Carl Shanahan is not a genius. So the I, I'm here to basically make the case against what everyone likes to think in the media, that Carl Shanahan is not a genius. I mean, I'm not saying he's bad. He's definitely not bad, but he's definitely not, in my opinion, the genius that everyone makes out to be. So we've had a bit of a, an iffy start to the season. I mean, it's been with three and three. Um, we were, yeah, three and three, and uh, we lost to the Broncos and the Bears. So straight away, not too good. Uh, the last game, after after a bit of momentum, we did go on to then lose to the Falcons as well. So that's three teams that you would not really want to be losing to at all. Um, but really what frustrated me was just a couple of things in that game. In particular, being uh, 14 down, going into the fourth in the fourth quarter, being 14 downs, uh, and going on a drive that was 16 plays, lasted eight minutes, and didn't even crack into, barely cracked into the the uh, the red zone of the uh, of the Atlanta Falcons. We made it to the 19 yard line, and I think that the the drive perfectly encapsulated the limitations that we do have with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo as well. But that's a separate point. There were lots of drops by receivers, really annoying uh, as well. But the kind of key stat that I have found, or that I've seen circulated around Twitter, that I really feel sums this up is the fact that when trailing, when trailing by five or more points going into the fourth quarter, Carl Shanahan is 0-26. So he's he's lost the last 26 games where we have been trailing by five just in the fourth quarter. So it perfectly encapsulates us being a team that cannot play from behind. And I feel like you can't really call someone an offensive genius when you have that stat hanging over you. Um, so, yeah. Tebs, any thought? Any thoughts well, on that? Yeah, I feel. I think he is a genius. I think he's a genius in somehow making teams that are awful look great. And it takes a real special head coach to make the Falcon to lose to the Falcons, to lose to the Bears, to lose to the Broncos as well, because they're all absolutely garbage squads. So he's he's a genius in the wrong way. Um, you know, it's one of the things where. I think that you 49ers fans complain a bit too much for my taste. Yeah, maybe um, do. I think you do. Like, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo, oh, he's bad. Oh, oh, my coach is bad. How about you shut up? You were in the Super Bowl a few years ago. No, it was never. We've not been in the Super Bowl for ages. How about you leave it out? Just... Okay, well, again, again, my argument here isn't that Carl Shanahan, Carl Shanahan 
is a bad coach. I just feel like in the media, he is presented as a genius. And uh, my argument is basically that he's not. He shouldn't be a genius. And the, the reason that he's called a genius is because he has the surname that is Shanahan, which is associated with his dad. And the amazing coaching tree that spawned from his dad, and it sounds a horrible saying, I regret saying that instantly, but the uh, the, the coaches that have come from uh, his dad, Mike Shanahan, is Gary Kubiak, uh, Mike LaFleur, uh, Sean McVeigh, uh, Anthony Lynn, you know, there's, and I feel like the, the genius tag is perhaps a bit more associated with the name rather than him himself, because there have been not the best. There's been examples of where he's he really has struggled. Um, so yeah, any any additional thoughts on that one, Tess, Before we move on to the next, event? the thing is, every coach is called a genius for some reason or another. Like you look at maybe the worst coach in the history of the NFL, Adam Gase. Oh, he was he was obviously with Shanahan. It's his name value. With Gase, it was oh he was the he was the coach when Pay, he was the OC when Peyton Manning was at the Broncos. It doesn't, I think being a genius, being called a genius in the NFL, um, bit of a shallow term, really. I completely agree. I completely agree with that. I think that it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like the equivalent of how everyone is the goat as well. Do you know what I mean? Like they, people will say, oh, Tom Brady's the goat, but then he'll go up against Josh Allen and it'll be like, oh, the two goats going up against each other. Well, that doesn't or like the new, Or like the new goat or the fucking, <laughs> it's like, no, it's not what goat means, bro. No, it's not. Uh, so, yeah, that was, uh, again, I, uh, it's proper first world problems because the 49ers typically have yeah. good But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely just something that has been frustrating me a little bit. And I feel like if you have a record where from the last 26 games where you have been five points, uh, you're trading by five points, you can't muster a win out of that. It does, to me, question whether or not you can actually be cast as a uh, an, an offensive genius. Uh, right, so moving on to the Cardinals, who, again, we're sticking in the NFC West, um, because for good reason, because the Cardinals are a painful, painful franchise this year. I mean, it has been, I mean, just it was just last year that they were, they started the season 7-0, and and they celebrated by getting new contracts for Kyler Murray, getting a new contract for Cliff Kingsbury and the GM as well. And they basically now locked themselves in for the future for the for the next few years uh, as with what they've got and based on where they're sat at the moment at two and four i don't think they're going to be very happy about it and chris has a uh, a, a tweet uh, not a tweet a facebook post to bring up that can kind of encapsulate this uh, so yeah tebs we've got cardinal fans calling for kingsbury to be fired already uh, so yeah what's your what's your take on that well if you want to hear about someone who's sort of a a glass genius in the NFL. You've got to look at Cliff Kingsbury. What was his claim to fame? Oh, he coached he coached Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. That's it. That's his one claim to fame. And he's like <clears throat> the the Cardinals are such a strange team because you know last year seven and zero. This is this is it. This Cardinals year. This is it. No, awful, awful squad. But then on the flip side, they've got. Um, they've got Hopkins coming back, and they've also just traded for um, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson from the Panthers, right? Like they're getting weapons. It's not like a, that team's not stacked. Yeah, but they they stacked. have been, they've lost obviously um, Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown. So yeah, 
it's like you do that you do a direct swap with Hopkins and Marquise Brown and the way that Marquise Brown was playing I mean Hopkins is getting older now and he's obviously not he's gonna he might take a bit of time to warm into this season I mean he's obviously is an incredible talent but you could potentially argue that it might take some time for him to settle into it and they're going to have to readjust again now yeah and that's the thing is and like the jj watt signing it's great but like jj watt now is not jj that jj watt prime jj watt that's a different beast but again they should be better than they are and which is strange to say because you can say about any nfl team really but the cardinals more so because they've got that name value that other teams don't have like say like like the Lions are always going to be shit. Have they got name value? No, not really. You know, you've got Goff, shit. He's not actually. I like Jared Goff, but he is shit. And then Aiden Hutchinson, who is, you know, very new name value. Um, well, the thing, but the thing is, the thing is with because uh, you're going back to like Kingsbury. Um, the uh, he's because he came straight from the college game and the record has not been good and almost like the 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 closest memory that we have to the failures of coaches that come from the college game is just Matt Rule last just last week and then you have uh, obviously Urban Meyer which was a horrendous horrendous appointment that went up in flames last year so the um, the record is not good and now that they're locked in to both Kyler who obviously had the the homework issue where they had to say you need to do a certain you need to do four hours of homework each week and you've got the whole double points call of duty weekend controversy that comes with that it does seem like some questionable decisions have been made that leave these the cardinals in potentially some precarious like positions over the coming years king kingsbury wants that matt rule job he wants to be able to sit at home in his lovely fucking arizona mansion that he showed off in the draft collect his fucking 42 million pounds or dollars even to just sit there and do fuck all never ever watch a game of football i've ever seen in my life he doesn't have to watch another game of football go for fuck i'm paid that's that's the dream it's not a bad game <laughs> oh no i can't whoop can't coach football anymore, but I'm a multi-millionaire. Boo-hoo. It's not a very yeah. Deal. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, they played tonight. Uh, they played tonight, and actually, we did pick up the the new Call of Duty is released next week. So uh, that's something to keep an eye out of. So the Cardinals play the Vikings next week. So if the uh, if the Cardinals if if Kyler Murray plays poorly next week, then we have. The final evidence we need might, <laughs> might be might be worth a cheeky bet. <laughs> cheeky Kyler yeah, Murray bet. Yeah, we can use that as uh, we can use that as uh, financial advice. Bet against Kyler Murray next week because the new Call of Duty is out. Uh, right, moving on to the Giants now, and for this one, we had a vent sent in from Brandon. So my vent this week is the New York Football Giants. Now, I don't understand how that organization is currently five and one. That makes zero sense to me, and as I'm sure it does many, many other other fans of, of NFL as well. That team has one player on it in Saquon Barkley that is worthy of that record. Everybody else is just absolute trash. I fail to see how they beat Green Bay in London, how the 
Packers capitulated in, during the second half was was just nuts. I don't know how they managed to to get anything from that game. That game was dead and buried at halftime, and they managed to come back. Uh, it's, they have got to be the most terrible five and one team that the NFL has ever seen. Their offense is just a mess. It's trick play after trick play after trick play. There's there's no continuity. They're relying on the art of deception for most of these plays. And it'll work to a point, which I guess it has. But they have got to be the most terrible 5-1 and one team the NFL's ever seen. I mean, <clears throat> Giants are 5-1. and one. So that, that, that's the breakdown here. Are the Giants, as an organisation, wank? Yes, they are. Is Daniel Jones good? No. Are they five and one? Yes, and sort of Brandon's sort of explanation of oh, it's trick play after trick play after this after that. It works. It works. I mean, like, it, at the end, of it, the- yeah, it's working. Like it's still early in the season for sure, but six games is probably enough of a sample size that you get an indication of something that could consistently work. I mean, that six games is a lot. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think they're, they're doing all right. I mean, if you look at the teams that they've beaten, it's they've beaten the Ravens, the Packers, so they're two of the, the better sides that they've beaten, and then they've beaten the Bears and the Panthers, who are definitely running up for potentially the first overall pick, so they're weak, uh, and the Titans as well, who I guess the jury's still out on, but they were certainly weak to start. So they have beaten three very bad teams, or at least Titans were at the time, uh, and then but then the Ravens, I mean. That was no joke to go in there and beat the Ravens, and it wasn't. Yes, there was there was some there's some trick plays and whatever, but at the end of the day, they won on a strip. They won on a strips fumble, no, on a fumble uh, by uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, the rookie. Uh, and uh, there might just be enough there just to get get a few more wins later in the season. Um, I would, I would, yeah, go back a little bit on Saquon Barkley being their only good player. Because um, there, that cave on Thibodeau looks like a decent player as well. Well, the thing is, is you've got to look at their draft this year as well. The the, the Giants got extremely sort of lucky in having the people that they got Thibodeau, and then they got another. Then they got a, another lineman. They were very lucky that they that they were able to pick everything up. At the end of the day, the job here is to win games. It doesn't matter how you do them. It doesn't matter if it's you know, just Barkley and Dan Jones is sort of Dan Jones and around being all sort of limbs and arms and flailing around like a, like a tube man. Um, do they win games? Yes. The thing is with the NFC, the NFC is a lot less competitive than the AFC, you know, so to make the playoffs for the NFC, it's not going to be hard, especially in the NFC East. Obviously we yeah, can't really say that anymore exactly. because of the Eagles. Yeah, and, um, and the Cowboys but, and the Cowboys with Dak coming back. No, fuck the Cowboys. No, nah, 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 nah. you are, It's actually it's worth noting that uh, Brandon, who did that event, is a Cowboys fan, so he does suffer some prejudice against the Giants. Oh, is he? Oh, but, right. Well, we can move on then. But yeah, I mean, the NFC East is not the weak division that it used to be, with with uh, the Eagles being six and zero, the Giants being five and one, and the Cowboys getting Dak back, and I think they're probably three and three now. So. And the commanders are bad, though. But yeah, the rest of it. I mean, they're a fun team. I love. Uh, 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 no, 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 no. The commanders were bad. They're about to get a lot better. 
They're about to the components are about to get a lot, lot better because of as Ron Rivera said, this is a lovely quote. Quarterback. That's the quote. Um <clears throat> but, but, no, but, no, but I, I'd, I'd still argue that the, the AFC it's tougher to make the playoffs in the AFC than it is in the NFC right most 100%. of the teams that most of the teams that are not very good or we regard as not very good are in the NFC Panthers are in the NFC the Bears are in the NFC the who else who else is waft the Lions are in the NFC they're bad um Someone else. They're bad. The Falcons are in the NFC. You know, like like the, the, like, the Texans in the NFC and they're they're wanky, right? It's harder to make the playoffs in the NFC. No, it's easier to make the playoffs. It's easier, sorry. Because <laughs> the the teams aren't as good. Um so like the Giants, I imagine they probably will do it, you know. But to say to say the Giants like the, the reasons that he's given why the why the Giants are a bad squad, I don't necessarily agree with you is you win games. Your job is to win games. Doesn't matter either. If Saquon Barkley's re- repaired ACL can take the entire weight of MetLife Stadium, then strap him up, ready to go. I like the, they're running him a lot in uh, they're running him a lot in Wildcat now, which I guess might be some of the trickery that uh, Brandon and, is referring and to. And you know what's and you know what's immense that if you have him in fantasy. It's always great. And this is why I can sit here with a smile on my face about the New York Giants because I do, in fact, have Saquon Barkley. So I do too. We're both enjoying our fantasy seasons because he, uh, yeah, I've managed to pair him with uh, Eckler. So I'm feeling very, very good. Uh, Actually, Cash, before, before we move on, uh, recurring guest, uh, Cameron Matthews, he was undefeated in fantasy and then he wasn't after he played me. So, Cam. Eat shit. Okay. Right. I'm glad you got. Uh, although Tebs, this is a platform for Peter, for NFL fans to get vents off their chest, not you to uh, brag to your uh, True. fantasy. Fantasy. If you want to do that, that's fine. But why don't you get them on the show and we can do it that way? Uh, right then. Uh, so as alluded to there, this is a platform <laughs> for fans to uh, vent about their teams, and we don't want to just be hearing from myself and Tebs every week. Uh, we want to hear from you. So if you want to get your vent on the show, if you've got something that you need to get off your chest, please do send it over to the NFL, well, NFLventzone at gmail.com and we'll get it on the show. Also, we have just started going live as well. So there'll be uh, there'll be opportunities to just actually hop on the show with us as well at a point where we can actually discuss your vent. You can tell us why we're wrong when we try to defend against it and try and make you feel better and you, you're just miserable. Uh, so, yeah. Please do send your events into nflventzone at gmail.com. A voice note would be perfect. Uh, alternatively, you can just write us an email and we'll get it on that way instead. Um, and of course, we are presented by Sport Tank, who are a fantastic uh, com- company who are primarily supporting Britball, but also dabbling in the NFL as well, aren't they, Tebs? Yes. And because this is a Sport Tank program, people will watch this who may not like their Britball. Monday. This Monday coming, it is the return of the rundown, which is there's the whose show is it? My show, my uni ball show. And we're coming back, got some hosts, got some good people. We're going to introduce them on Monday. We're going to talk about the uni ball season that kicks off in four days. Yeah, exactly. So make sure to tune into that and to head over to www.sporttank.com for all of that amazing content where you'll also find. 
uh, a weekly column by myself uh, about the events uh, about the events from the previous week. So make sure to do that. www.sporttank.com. Uh, right, moving on to the next event. Tebs, what would you like to get off your chest this week? Roger Goodell, don't you dare sell me a dream. Don't you dare sell me a dream. Obviously, the Packers and the Giants came over. The Vikings and the Saints, they came over. And in 10 days' time, the Broncos and the Jags are coming over to grace the shores of old Blighty in London, both at Tottenham and at Wembley. But Roger Goodell is out here saying, oh, when we expand into Europe, we're going to have two London teams and maybe some other teams because they've got a game in Munich also coming up. Um, that is a lie, you uh, you ginger hammer, you absolute weapon. Don't lie. It's widely regarded that NFL players, as much as in the press conference, they will say that they, oh, uh, it's so... Oh my god, it's so nice to be in London. Oh my god. No, you fucking hate it here. We all know that you hate it. They're not gonna have a team based here. Ever. Not maybe not ever. But like, how are you going to get the someone from the 49ers or Seattle? You're gonna what make them play in London. That journey, have that time difference, have that jet lag. And then play. Even if you look at the, the domestic league, not domestic, the European leagues, um, we've got now the ELF. The ELF have been going for a couple of years now. They've they've reached a new ex- team expansion this year. They've got teams in Spain, Switzerland, Turkey, Germany, Austria, Poland, Paris now, or France now. But guess where they haven't got a team? London. There's no English teams, right? Because one. It's expensive in London, very expensive. But you're telling people that we're going to have an NFL squad, a European-based division, and we're going to fly people out. Don't talk utter bollocks, Roger Cadell. So are you saying, that, yeah, Ted, are you saying that you know more than Roger Goodell, the commissioner, the commissioner of? Do I know more about? Do I know more about American football in um, England than Roger Goodell? hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I love I'd, your. I'd, I'd, I'd wager that. Self, that that is brilliant. I wish that I had that much faith in myself. Do you, do you do you think? Do you think that Roger Goodell knows who like the Worcestershire Black Knights are, or he's paying attention to? Um, Colchester Gladiators? Probably not. It's like, sorry, Worcester and Colchester, but I don't think you're on the commissioner of the NFL's radar. You know, I, it would surprise okay. me. It would surprise right, me but... if Roger Goodell has even heard of, like, actually probably has heard of, like, London Warriors, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if Roger Goodell, if you asked him about the Manchester Titans, he wouldn't have a Scooby-Doo. You know, okay. they've just won the national That's... title. Sorry, Manchester, but... That's fair enough. So, you, you do you think that do you want it to happen though? I know you clearly think you clearly don't think it will happen, but surely you want it to happen. It just just to even just to mix it up a bit, it would be quite exciting to have a franchise based over here in the NFL uh, in um, in London. And I agree that they are seemingly trying to run before they can walk because we've not even proven that we can have one franchise over here. But the idea of having one. I think is very exciting. Do you, would you not agree? I, no, it's 
as a concept, if if the logistics of travel weren't a thing, it's a great idea. But then you've also got everyone in everyone people who support the NFL over here. They've normally already got a squad. What you're asking these teams, what you're asking those fans to do is say, "Oh, I'm not going to support the 49ers anymore. I'm going to support the London Monarchs or I don't know the the London Pigeons or something like that." You know. Um, I never think the Pistons is a better name. The Owls, you know, so what, something like that. People um, can manage two teams though if they really need to. Like if no, they can't. Can, no, no, they can't. They can't. If you but, support more than one team, stop watching. Stop, <laughs> stop watching. And if you swap teams as well, stop watching. You don't deserve to. The okay, worst the people on planet Earth are people who swap squads. Okay, but Stick what about with young team? Fans? Whether they're what about young fans, then like in terms of if you're looking at getting youngsters into the game. And then you, if you have like a 12 year old kid who got taken to Wembley for the first time and he's like, man, I love American football. And they're like, well, we've got a London franchise that you can get behind. And then that's how you just grow the fan base out from, from the youth. So I just feel like. In that case case then, if you can have that same child and it's not like we don't have American football here. I'm not saying it's comparable. But you can still get that experience from taking someone to go and see, let's say, Warriors or Wembley Stallions or Hornets or Blitz or Olympians. Um, Do they have it's just not it, and loud music at those games? It's, huh? Do they have fireworks and loud music and uh, TV highlights? Yeah, or probably, yeah. If you look at Scumful Palfers, they've done a very good job of being entertaining on their um, field days. But it's more so to, to say this and get it's more so i don't like the concept of him getting people's hopes up like british people's hopes up um when logistically it's not possible and the players hate the travel how are you gonna how i don't i think that you cannot get the 32 current teams in the nfl to agree that having a london franchise is logistically possible yeah, that's well, my, basically they, that's that's my concern. That's good, and I it does seem like quite an, like a quite an unbelievably large kind of hurdle to get over to figure out how to actually have that many games here. But they do seem so confident in it. Like for him to suddenly come out and give this bold statement, which yeah, maybe it is getting everyone's hopes up too much, but. It's clearly an indicator that they really want to do it, and uh, I will not complain. I will still support the 49ers, but, but, but I will have an invested this, interest the, in the, the thing. Is they have already done it with NFL? I guess it doesn't go NFL Europe being its own subdivision. Um, they've already done it, and that wasn't um, that wasn't it's, it's shut down now. Why is it not still going then? You know, is it a good idea? Do would I love to see a franchise over here? Yes. Am I going to support them? No. Um, but it's just, but this is it. I can, I can feel the sort of hope and jubilation in your voice frothing at the idea of having an NFL or that you can go and watch, but it is not logistically possible. Like it's, it's this hope and jubilation is it's not, it's not, it's not logistically possible. It's not logistically smart. So you're saying and that Roger, Roger Goodell is merely playing with my emotions and that I should hate him? 
That's fine. I will, I will yes. do that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay. that's it. That, that's my point. But we, we'll move All on right. now. We will move on. But the, I think it is a good discussion. Um, I mean, it certainly is a really interesting t- thing to track because it, it would be it would be massive to have a team based playing in the in the NFL based in London, it, even just to see how it would work. It would be an interesting to follow. Um, but yeah, before we, we can't spend any more time on that, uh, we're going to move now on to, we're each going to share our events from the future. So Chris, could you uh, roll the video? I love it. How, how unnecessary dramatic, but it's uh, it's good nonetheless. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Chris. All uh, right, Vets from the future. So I uh, came into this uh, I came into this episode not having a vent from the future, and uh, I've got one that I'm fifty fifty on. So let's start with you, Tebs, if you are ready to go. And I assume Chris, have you got one as well, Producer Cash? Let's look at the jersey I'm wearing. If you can see on the video, let's just have a closer look. That is a Washington number four jersey. Now, I this is the only other NFL jersey that I... This is the only NFL jersey that I own that is not the Miami Dolphins. Because he, the man whose jersey this is, is an absolute fucking unit. He's an absolute hero, and he is coming to save the Washington Commanders from the suckage that is Carson Wentz. My event from the future... Taylor Heineke will be the starter for the Washington Commanders for the rest of the season. Wentz, oh, right. hurt me thumb. Grow up, Carson Wentz. You dork. Put, put Heineke back in. Tebs, who was their um? Who did they? Who was their rookie? They drafted someone, didn't they? Was it Sam Howell or? I really should know that. Uh, I believe yeah, so. Sam yeah, Howell. but so so why do you think that's a bit of a? an indicator that they don't really have all that much faith in their rookie. Cause it feels like, I mean, if you look at what happened in new England, right? Bailey Zappi, he is looking now that has turned it that they, they've already proven that, that was a really good draft pick. And some people, I don't think anybody's putting any weight in it, but some people are saying that uh, perhaps there's a quarterback controversy in new England. I, uh, there why are they not putting in Sam Howell instead of, uh, maybe that's just, it just shows how good uh, Taylor Heineke is. Because Taylor Heineke is the gambler. He's the man at the poker table. He comes in, he's got the glasses, he's got the headphones. You're worried. He's going to go all in. Because the thing is with Taylor Heineke is, he's he's a man who knows that this is basically his last opportunity. Has he signed the big money deal? He certainly has. But Taylor Heineke, was he, he was basically the star last year after Ryan Fitzpatrick went down in the first game. You know, he's he's proven that he can be a starter. Like, their, their rookie hasn't. I'd rather have someone with um, someone with big game experience going in more than him. I, is Paul somehow coming? Probably. But right now, next four weeks, Taylor Heineke will spit in the face of Carson Wentz and become the starter for the Washington Commanders one more time. So you think that Carson Wentz has played his last snap? this season, uh, which will be interesting to see what happens with him 
next year. I don't know how long again. I don't know how long um, his contract was for. But, too long. Uh, too too long. long. No way. Uh, no, no, no. Okay. I, 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 I can't figure that out. Maybe Chris can tell us. Uh, but yeah, Carson Wentz, um, if he has played his last snap, that'll be fascinating to see what, what happens uh, for him next year. And uh, I think that, I think like if you're a Commanders fan, you want to see Sam Howell in SAP, just because if, if the same thing that happened with Bailey Zappi uh, could happen, then that would be amazing. Uh, right. Before we actually rolled with uh, your vent from the future, Tebs, we didn't actually uh, define what event from the future is. So we're basically oh, making sorry. a prediction. No, that's all right. That's my fault. We're, we're essentially making a prediction that we think is going to happen. Um, we, we have given the time frame of the next four weeks. So you've gone for an event that is basically saying that he's going to start for the rest of the season. We'll basically say if he, after the, after four weeks... So in uh, by week after by by the start of week eleven, I think that's where we're at. By the start of week eleven, if there's no if there if everyone's very confident that Taylor Heineke will remain the starter, I think we can say that you have uh, successful you've been successful in your vent prediction. Um, how about Taylor Heineke? How about Taylor Heineke goes undefeated next four weeks? Bet on it. <laughs> well, it's funny because that actually ties in with uh, with my uh, prediction as well because. Perhaps we've not really understood the segment well enough, but this is vents from the future where we should be picking out something we think people are going to be venting about. But we've both got taken the positive route and we've gone for, I guess, brags of the future. So I think that the Raiders, who have had a horrible, horrible start, are going to win their next four games. So you think that. Absolute bullshit. You think that Taylor Heineke is going to win his next four games? I think that the Raiders are going to win their next four games. Should we uh, make a bet then? Some form of uh, who have they got? Um, who have they got? Who have they, who have they got? All right, we'll do some uh, back of house producer live order. Right, I've got the schedule here. Uh, okay, so Houston this week, they could totally yeah. win that. New Orleans the week after that. Yeah, That's they can fit. win that. Yeah, I just think the Raiders are coming into form. Uh, Jacksonville after that. No. No. And uh, Indianapolis week after that. So I think that... Oh, uh, that's I'm not gonna... fair. They're playing bollocks squads. Cash, right. get me up. Get me up. Get, get me up Washington's next four. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I like how easy we make it on... Uh, on uh, <laughs> I love it. It's just, no, I'm it's just like, well, I'm having, I'm having an argument here. And I think I can... I need to prove okay. it, but uh, I, we need to figure I, out... I we need to figure out what we can uh, what we can bet. We can bet um, a pizza. <laughs> so whoever and it doesn't have what? it doesn't have to be. So whoever what has the you, most wins. What did you fucking say to me? So if Raiders win I'm more sick. games, I will get. You have to buy me a pizza. If the Commanders win it, win more. I need games, to check. Oh, I need I need to check the schedule first. I need to check the yeah. schedule. Because okay. if they're up against some absolute don don squads, and you're up, and your squads up against Texans, Falcons, Saints, oh yeah, Jack. to be fair, this isn't a fair game. You're playing against uh, the Packers. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. I doing a bit of work behind the background, and uh, so the Commanders are playing the Green Bay Packers this weekend. Uh, they'll be playing the Colts next week. And the Vikings the following week. So, and is it four? I don't, I can't even remember the. the what's, leg- what's the fourth one? <laughs> yeah, the fourth one is Eagles. So you might want. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm very Tough keen one. for this. I'm very keen for this okay. bet now. Hmm. I feel like the odds would be different, though. That's the problem. <laughs> I feel like the odds would be different. Um, yeah, it might. Oh, yeah. Actually, I think Washington will beat the Eagles. Taylor Heineke will beat Ooh. the fucking Eagles. Do you want to know why I think that? Because <sighs> I, I forget who someone went on an undefeated run of uh, last year. Maybe it was the year before, and it was the they were up against. It was the Steelers. It was the Steelers. The Steelers had a big undefeated run, and they went up against Washington. And I just had a feeling in the pit of my stomach. I was like, Washington are going to fucking smash them. Not smash them. They're going to win. Put 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 a cheeky bit of a cashola on it. Big return, big return. So I know, I know my Washingtons. <laughs> All right. Well, this, I mean, this is. I, I think this is. I feel like this up. is playing. This is playing into my hand, just perfectly. So I, I am very happy to commit to this bet. Right, right I'm going to get you a fucking. Now. I'm going to get your pizza, but I choose what's on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good deal. I'll take that. That's fine. I'll take it. I'll take it. Free pizza, mate. Me, All anchovies, no cheese. <laughs> <laughs> And to be okay, okay, well, let's uh, let's on that. Uh, producer Cash, uh, hit us with uh, your prediction or your event from the future. So, my event for the future, and this is this is a controversial one mostly because I uh, I also, despite suggesting this sec- section, did not come up with one either. Uh, but I think come week 10, people are going to be calling for Matthew Stafford's head or Sean McVeigh's. I think the Rams have been nothing short of tragic so far this year. And I'm loving every moment of it as a, as a 49er fan. And I think, I think, yes, they had the Super Bowl last year, but it's a short league and people have a short memory. And if they keep playing average to below average, people are going to, heads are going to start having to roll. I don't even know who won the Super Bowl last year. Well, it was the Rams. <laughs> oh, was it? I didn't watch yeah. I wasn't there. I don't watch. You're such a good host of an NFL podcast. <laughs> huh? I want to point out, people listening, that, that was a joke. I'm fully aware. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> oh no! I, mean, uh, uh, I think I, I, I also you. want to. I also want to see that happen. I really do. Uh, I feel like the when you win a Super Bowl, rightly or wrongly, does it just buy you a year of like nobody complaining? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, uh, I just, not Stafford, when they've been as bad as they have. Yeah, Stafford has been like he. Stafford has basically been Jimmy G this season. He's like average at throwing Jimmy G. A commit. Yeah, to be fair, he has actually been worse than Jimmy G. But, like, commit, but the, the thing is, like the, the the thing is, Stafford obviously being at Detroit, you never fucking anything being Detroit, worst team. League. But unless you, unless you really really love first round first first overall draft picks there's no reason in being there's no reason staying on Detroit Matt Stafford was never ever scheduled to win the Super Bowl he was never in his timeline <laughs> that trade came through Stafford's as far as I've said Stafford's set he's not got he doesn't have a care in the world I imagine now he's done something that no one ever thought he would do I I'm shit doesn't matter I've got my Super Bowl ring with diamonds and a little bit of turf inside <laughs> If I, I think, think that if, uh, I, I think that I think you're right, Ollie. That in the sense of it grants some sort of level of amnesty if you're the head coach. I saying. think that like 
the Rams can absolutely shake it for the rest of the year. But Sean McVay will not be fired. Matthew Stafford, on the other hand, he's got he's got his he's got his trophy. If Matthew Stafford's career was to end tomorrow, I don't think he'd turn around and be like, "Oh fuck, I never got this." No, my man's he's done exactly he's done some madness, you know. Overachieving, but, reaching, just like the rest of the madness. <laughs> I mean, he 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 is so. He is so the the best comparison. The reason that I compare him to Jimmy G is because he's so get, locked in on it on Adam handsome. Each oh, week. sorry. Oh yeah, I'm <laughs> handsome. Uh, but he's so guaranteed to commit a, a turnover each week. Um, but yeah, I mean, oh mate. Side point before we end the show. Fucking bastard, Carson Wentz commits to turnovers every fucking week. I just put a cheeky little bet on, just a small little bet. Carson Wentz throws an interception. Fucking asshole. He didn't. <laughs> Stupid Carson uh, Wentz playing uh, well, knowing him to be shit. On that negativity, to take us into week seven, we will end the show. <laughs> thank you, Tebs. Uh, thank you, Chris, uh, producer Cash. Uh, right, you've been listening to the NFL Vent Zone presented by Sport Tank. Remember, we want your vents on the show next week because we are certain that your team is going to wind you up. Uh, this weekend, potentially even tonight, with the, yeah, there uh, are there the are there are Colts fans and Broncos fans that exist. <laughs> Somehow, and, uh, <laughs> just send your if you're a Colts or a Broncos fan, we you, we know that you need us, and you can find us at the NFL Vent Zone at gmail.com. That is where to send your vents. Send us a voice note. Send us an email. We'll get it on the show. We'll discuss it on the show, and. Uh, Hopefully we'll alleviate your pain and at least you can have it off your shoulders for the rest of the week. But anyway, everybody, enjoy week seven. I think. Yeah, week seven. And uh, have a good weekend. Bye. Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.